Good morning and welcome this morning to our sermon where we are continuing our series on the letter of James. The letter written by James to the Jewish people who are dispersed around the world. Um, now I think any passage in James has the potential to leave me feeling just a little bit beaten up. Um, it has the potential to bring out in me a sense of guilt um, and, and it, 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 it makes me really aware of my own shortcomings. I think James shows me shortcomings in the fact that I give up too easily. It makes me doubt my faith because I, am I really acting on it? Uh, do I care for widows and orphans? I know God's word. Does it really impact my life? Am I seeking wisdom? Am I seeking God's kingdom or am I, am I really worldly? And worst of all, and I think the thing that carries the most guilt is this question of wealth and richness and, and having money. Um, James can really leave me feeling bad about myself. And, and I think this morning we need to understand where James is coming from. Um, we need, yes, it's good to be aware of our failings, but you know, Jesus did not die on the cross to leave us feeling guilty. He came to take our guilt and to replace it with the truth, the truth of God's love for us and the future um, that heaven holds for us. So as we come to this word this morning in James, it's really important, actually. Let's remember today is Pentecost. Today is a Christian celebration of the arrival of the Holy Spirit. There's a Pentecost service later today um, that St. Stephen's are putting on. So um, please do join that, 4.30. It's an all-age service and there'll be more opportunity to celebrate Pentecost. That time where after Jesus dies, he's, he's with the world for a while. He goes up to heaven, but before he goes... He promises us a gift and the gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, you, you can see in John's Gospel that this Holy Spirit is a spirit that exposes guilt. It shows the world for what it is, but it also guides us into truth and shows us the, the truth of what is to come for us in heaven. So as we come to our text today, let's pray that we would bring the book of James <clears throat> together with our real knowledge and, and, and certainty in the work of the Holy Spirit. And we would be able to move through guilt to truth, to a certainty of what the future holds. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a loving God who, because of your love for us, longs to change us and grow us. Heavenly Father, help us to remember that we don't need to change for your love, but that is a work you do in us through your spirit. And this morning, help us to submit to your spirit. Let us have ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name. Amen. So our passage this morning is James 5, and we're going to read verses 1 to 6. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted 
and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent people who were not opposing you. It's a fierce passage. Um, and you might come to that passage and, and, and think, look, you know, this doesn't apply to me. This, this is nothing to do with me. I, I haven't failed to pay anyone's wages. I haven't murdered anyone. In fact, I don't even have a business. In fact, I don't even have any money. This isn't a passage for me. Um, but if you're thinking that before you switch off, I want to encourage you to look at this passage and know that there is truth in there for all of us. There is truth in here for all of us. Sometimes it's hard for us to really um, connect with this passage because of the context in which it is written. It is, a it is written by James for Jewish people. Now, the Jewish people are used to following rules. So Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem grew up learning scripture. They grew up following lots and lots of small rules, which was all about making themselves clean and pure. In fact, there are over 600 of these mitzvot. Some were about what they should do, some were about what they shouldn't do. They follow rules and they know the law. They learn it um, off by heart before their 12th birthday. Incredible. Um, and so these Jewish Christians have, have accepted the gift of grace given to them by the Lord Jesus Christ. They know that it is by faith they have been saved through grace and not by works. And so they've kind of swung from these all of these laws and rules to actually you know god just loves us anyway and and it is true that that christian grace frees us from the law but it doesn't excuse them james wants them to know it doesn't excuse them from what he calls in chapter 2 verse 8 the royal law and the royal law is love your neighbor love your neighbor as yourself so whilst grace frees them from the law, it brings with it a responsibility to others. It is a change of perspective for these Jewish people from personally cleaning themselves and doing everything to make themselves good enough. A change of perspective to caring for other people. Self-interest, corporate interest. And it's this same shift in perspective from self-interest to kingdom interest that James is trying to get through to the Jewish people at this time. The Jews are great business people. I, I love studying the Jewish nation. Honestly, it, they are incredible. They're one of the smallest um, percentages of the world population, and yet they have one of the largest percentages of things like winning Nobel Peace Prizes setting up banks, setting up huge corporations. They have the intellectual capacity to make a lot of money and the work ethic 
to go with it. They are incredible <clears throat> as a nation. And it's not a bad thing to be that way. It's not a bad thing to be able to make a lot of money. It becomes a problem, James says, when it, when it, it, it overtakes everything. It becomes a goal in itself. And that temptation is not just a temptation that the Jewish people face. It's a temptation that we can face too. If you look here at the passage, you'll see that James is saying to them that they will be held to account in the future for their attitude towards the wealth that they have. The corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. And that is a, that is a reference to the day of judgment. There's no question that that is, a, that is a reference to the future, that one day we will all stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and we will be held to account for what we have done with the gift of money and wealth which God has given to us. And, and he's saying, you know, if you get this wrong, it, it won't go well for you. It won't go well for you. And actually, the way in which you handle your money impacts others. It, it can be a life and death situation for others if you get this wrong. And so if you are a rich person, you need to think about this. You know, in Mark's Gospel, Jesus says it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And so James here is asking them to be mindful of what they are doing and how they're using their money. Is it just become a thing in itself for them that they are doing or actually have they, are they taking the gift of God? Are you receiving the gift that God is giving you and just being a conduit for that money? Are you part of God's universal payroll? Just helping to move that money out into the world. Are you open-handed or are you close-fisted? And that is what James is wanting to show to the Jewish people and, and to us. It's in the Bible, it's our Bible, and it's the same relevance now, you may still not be with me. You may be saying, actually, that's, that's great, but I don't have money. I'm not a person who considers myself rich. It may be that you are struggling in that regard. But I think that there is still a message here because if God has gifted some people with money and some people with wisdom to distribute and share that money with others, then there must be people who need that money. You know, we are all in God's kingdom. We all have a role to play within God's kingdom purposes. And if you are one of those people who has not got money, you still have a really strong purpose in God's kingdom and therefore, you need to accept the help of 
the gift of money. Please reach out. Um, please talk to people. Please ask if you are in need because, you know, otherwise you'll let the devil steal your joy. And you will also be focused on money in the same way as James is saying here not to be. But as soon as you can let go of that and just be a part of God's universal payroll, take your role in that, maybe put your pride aside, accept a gift of money, accept help from our money advice service if that's what you need, then you're free. You're free of this obsession with money to go and, and to fulfil your own role. It can be hard, I know, to take support. It may be that you have lost your means of income as a result of what's going on with the lockdown and with COVID-19. Please do, please do reach out. Give those people an opportunity to help you. They've been trusted by God to help you and they'd love to do that. So it's not so much the money itself. It is really what we're doing with it. 1 Timothy 6.10 is a really famous verse and it says to us, the love of money is the root of all evil. It is the love of money, the self-interest money, that leads to us treating people badly, us thinking of ourselves as more superior or less superior. All of the things which we know are not God's truth at all. And so we're asking today to just be mindful of that. Just be mindful of that. Um, as we come to the end of this, it is not as simple as being a rich person or being a poor person. We are all a part of God's kingdom and we all have a role in that. And so each of us, I think, needs to come before God and just ask him to show the truth. Do we need to see ways in which we can be more open-handed? Do we need to see um, people who need our help that we haven't recognised before? Do we need to put aside our pride and just gain the help and support we need so that we can be free? Do we need to be people who pray for the wealthy people that temptation would not be there? Am I jealous? Please, Lord, let me turn that into prayer to help my brothers and sisters to move into a place where we are all a part of this universal payroll. We all accept the gifts in the way in which you choose to give them to us. So let's pray together this morning. Let's ask God to show us the truth, to expose any areas of wrong thinking, and to move beyond that so that we can live in the certainty of our future, playing our role in God's kingdom, free of the temptation and the guilt and the snare that money can bring. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for church. We want to thank you for everybody who is involved in your kingdom work. Father, help each and every one of them to recognise their part and the ways in which you have gifted them. 
Father, thank you today, most of all, for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Father, would that spirit be at work in us today and this week, showing us the truth about our attitude to money and finance. And Father God, we pray that you would set us all free from the snares of temptation, jealousy, pride, self-interest. That, Father, your gift of grace and wealth, your gift of heaven, would flow freely through your people for your glory. Amen.